What's going on, guys? I'm very excited for this season on relationships. And specifically, I'm very excited for you guys to hear from my wife, Savannah. It's a very rare opportunity. And I say that not because um, there's any like exclusivity around it, but just genuinely, she's a woman of few words publicly. She, um, she really doesn't say much unless she has something of value to say. And it's something I admire about her. And it's something that I think we could all learn from. And so when she said, hey, I'd like to, um, you know, talk about doing the podcast on relationships because I had asked her about it, uh, I, was, I was all for it. And I know that you guys are going to be able to benefit so much from it. This specific episode, um, I was re-listening to it and I was thinking to myself, man, you know, what is this really about? And we had initially titled it Growing During Your Relationship. And I think the idea here is really simple you know the idea that you need to work on yourself before you can be with somebody else? Well, I think sometimes we can get a little carried away. And that is, hey, maybe we don't have to be perfect to find the person that we're going to be with. And I think that understanding is actually like really powerful when it comes to our relationship with God as well. Savannah talks about it in this episode. We talk about what it looks like for two people who really were broken when they found each other but both trying to pursue Jesus. We talk about that like practically, like what that actually means, um, because I think there's a lot of language that covers up, you know, real meaning for people. And so we break that down. Savannah asks some great questions. Um, she answers some great questions. I think you guys are going to benefit a ton. Uh, we, have, um, we have changed the title of this podcast from just the audio channel to Mindset with TJ Luffler. I'm hoping that you guys are going to be able to get some really powerful, personal practical mindset shifts for your everyday life, specifically around relationships. And our goal here is really that you're going to benefit from it. So if you do, please leave a review, share with a friend, and uh, we appreciate you. Okay, I have a question for you. What's the number one thing that has changed in your life since you met me? Joy. Oh, I have so much more joy. And I remember it when we started dating. I remember, what's that movie where the cartoon characters, there's like parts, oh, Inside, Inside out. out. yeah. Parts of them die mm -hmm. inside. Well, I remember when we were dating and you, this was like, not even, this was, we weren't even dating yet, but you were at my apartment in New York and I was chasing after you or something in this small, like, 600-square-foot apartment. I don't Tiny. know how I was running around after <laughs> you, but, and you were making me laugh so hard. And I hardly knew you, but you were making me laugh <laughs> so hard. But it wasn't laughter like, ha-ha, that's funny. It was joy. <laughs> okay, guys, TJ, anytime he thinks something's really funny, all he says is, that's funny, and doesn't laugh. <laughs> it's so irritating. <laughs> You're like, is it funny or is it not funny? I'm really not sure. <laughs> Sorry, side note, go ahead. <laughs> I like to acknowledge if something's funny. If you don't see my reaction, I'm laughing inside. I think it's funny. Mm, mm -hmm. But I <laughs> thought this was fun, um, and it was a new kind of fun. I remember just being around you. It was just being around you. I had joy. And that was a hard time in life, too, so... Having joy during a really difficult time was a very obvious contrast. I was lost in a lot of my own mess. I was very confused 
about who I was, where I was going, how I was going to navigate anything mm-hmm. right before everything kind of hit the fan in my life. So that 100% is the biggest thing. The other thing is I have a lot more peace if there was the second. But that's who you are too. Thanks. And it's also, it's also a function of as I've grown to know you, I've really, in my choice, grown to know Jesus more. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not just like, I don't get those things 100% from you. Mm-hmm. I do get them with you, mm-hmm. but I don't get them 100% from you. And that also is, that, that's powerful. Yeah. Okay, as a man, what are you grateful that you focused on before you met me? Learning how to walk with God. 100%. We need to learn how to walk with God and work with God before we have a family, and it's something nobody ever taught me. And the reason is, God showed me this recently. He showed me in Christ. In Christ always kind of confused me. I was reading the Bible, and he was showing me just the two words, in Christ, were being highlighted everywhere to me. And I was like, hmm, Holy Spirit, what does that mean? And he was like, when you're in Christ, and I was thinking physically, it was like, oh, I'm in Christ's body. Like, that's hard for me to imagine. It's like, when we're in Christ, what does that mean? You'll hear a lot of people use those terms if you're in a church or if you're in a Christian, he's, you know, language setting. It drives me crazy because people don't even know what they're saying. And God showed me, he said, he said, TJ, in Christ is like being in marriage. When you're in Christ, you're in a marriage with him. Because he's the groom, and we collectively are the bride. Mm-hmm. So in Christ is like being in marriage with him. Now, if I'm in a relationship with somebody, in order for that relationship to grow, we have to change. But if you're in a relationship with a perfect God, then you're the one who changes. <laughs> because he ain't changing. Mm-hmm. And so when I started a relationship with Jesus, being in a marriage with him, and it's weird to say as a man right? Being in a marriage with Jesus. It's, but it's like men and women, we're in, that, we're in that relationship. And that marriage is a covenant. It's a promise. And so that realization helped me with our marriage, helps me with our marriage. I say helps. We're not, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not a marriage expert, but it helps me because I know that that is the model for our marriage. So I realize, oh my gosh, he leads me I need to be a good leader for our family and I can learn from him on how to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the number one thing is learning how to walk with God and that includes hearing the voice of God because you can't be in a relationship with somebody if you're the only one talking. (laughs) True. (laughs) I'll stop talking. (laughs) I wasn't going to say anything. (laughs) I asked you the question. Um, and then I think even more on like a mental or practical level, like what are you, um, what are you glad that you, uh, put your attention to? I think because you made some really big pivotal decisions right before you met me. And I think as like a man that wants to provide and is very career driven and 
Um, I think a lot of men are very focused on that in general. How did you redirect and like focus on this new person that kind of popped up into your life? It was kind of multiple questions, but as like a practical, like, hey, like I'm, I'm a single guy and I'm trying to figure this out in life. So the context is I had just left Wall Street a year, not even a year earlier before I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know who I was, where I was going. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure it out. I was losing a lot of money <laughs> in the market. Um, I was, you know, pursuing a number of different opportunities. I definitely wasn't ready for a relationship. Um, and for a number of reasons, I wasn't looking for one when we met. How, how I think I practically navigated mm-hmm. that balance of wanting to invest in a relationship with you while not having a lot of other things figured out, and that is a tension for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I think I did it poorly at times, and I think you because of who you are, your unconditional love, which is what you, you do have a lot of unconditional love, like to the human capability, I believe God gives you unconditional love because it's beyond what I think we can do naturally. You, you had a lot of unconditional love for times where I maybe was not doing the best job. And you encouraged me and also challenged me. Mm-hmm. You challenged me to learn how to rest even though I didn't have all my stuff together. To learn, hey, you can't just because you don't have, whether it's the money, the career, the this, the that, you know, your health, your family, all these other things, it doesn't mean working is the answer. Mm-hmm. And you challenged me and you, had cha- you challenged me not by trying to control me. Yeah. If you had tried to control me, I would have been out of the relationship because that's what I was not necessarily used to. I wasn't used to that from other people. That's what I was afraid of. Yeah. Um, I would have been out too. <laughs> I suppose. But you showed, me, you showed me a different way of thinking about how I live my life. Mm-hmm. And that coincided with a lot of these big life events. Yeah. So learning how to rest mm-hmm. in spite of not in spite of being in the thick of the process, the process, in quotes, learning how to rest, I think, is a really practical thing. And then having somebody that encourages you yeah. and doesn't try to control you but allows you to find your way but challenges you in a healthy way. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I think that's something that even women need to know, especially women need to know, is that I believe in the whole women empowerment to a degree but I think it also defeats the purpose of us even craving for love and craving to be wanted and be in a relationship with somebody that um, will care for you. And I think that's something that was going on when we were dating, like around us, atmosphere-wise. It was a lot of the noise that was kind of being projected of, men treating women badly, which it does happen and is not okay. And then there were, um, yeah, just 
I think it was it was an easy way for women to pick up other people's offense and to not empower the men in their life. You're talking about the Me Too movement? I'm just talking about every movement when it comes to women. Um, because I feel like we lost, a good amount of women lost track of, you know, like what was, it was almost as if what was being done to them, they started to do the exact same thing. And I think if I did do that to you, you would have, like you said, you would have turned and ran the other way. Um, and that doesn't mean that I shied away from being honest and open. We had some very difficult conversations <laughs> of commu like me communicating, hey, this is what I need and this is, you know, I need you to do this. And, you know, it was like it was mutual, but it was definitely, I wasn't shying away from knowing my worth and my value. Um, but I think that's what you needed. You needed you needed to be let go. You needed to be free. You needed to be encouraged to go live in Italy for a month. You needed to be encouraged to fail and be okay with that and it not being something that I looked down on and made you feel guilty for. Um, but, yeah, I think that's just some of my thoughts around that. The part about worth is so important. And one of the things that we've talked about is if there's one thing you wanted or you would want people to know about relationships, you know, it, coming back to the idea of your worth, what do you think it would be? Whether they're single, whether mm -hmm. they're dating, which is still not married, not, you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're single in a way, right? Um, until you're in that commitment. Um, or whether they're married. What do you think mm -hmm. people need to know about their worth in relationships, men and women? I think, I definitely think you can struggle with it while you're married, dating, single, engaged, all of the above. <laughs> I don't think it's something that just kind of goes away. I think we have little moments of it being triggered every once in a while. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Savannah tried to... Uh... <laughs> I just pretended to lick the mic, but <laughs> he just keeps telling me I'm not close enough to it. So I was like, fine. <laughs> you guys are going to blow out your eardrum, turning up your volume I'm while sorry. she's talking, and then I'll get on the mic and you're going to have to go to the doctor. <laughs> I will talk louder, I promise. I'm trying, y'all. This is my first podcast. Leave me alone. <laughs> Um, but when it comes to worth, 100%, I can't find it anywhere else but in my relationship with God, in my relationship with Jesus. I just, everybody has a different way of finding that with him and coming back to that place with him. Um, what does like, that mean? Like, like what? I'm getting there. What, is, like, what does it mean? <laughs> I'm Tell getting the what there. That means. I'm practically getting there. I also just don't want to shy away from saying it. I think that's why I communicate it, because I could easily just be like, oh, you can just go stand in the mirror and say the five-letter words on your, or five, five words on your mirror and quote them back and over yourself over and over again, and hopefully it'll put some sauce on you that day I don't know but it's it's not that it's it really is it's almost and that's why I say it's different for everybody because you really have to 
create a habit. You have to create this relationship that actually means a lot. It means a lot to you. It's important to you because if not, then you won't, you won't try to find your worth again in him. You'll try to find your worth from your spouse. And I know a lot of you have heard this before, maybe you've never have, but try to find it in your work in how much money you make, um, food, it could be working out. It could be anything you try to find validation. I think that's a huge key is finding validation, um, from who is important to you, you know, and who has like the most say in your life. I think that's something that will help you know and understand your worth. But honestly, I think what helped me with my worth was creating really good boundaries. (laughs) I think it helped me see and know that I am valuable. And it was, it was kind of eye-opening, I think, to me and the people that saw me kind of live a little differently. Where they're like, oh, you don't do that. Why? I'm like, well, I actually think it is a waste of time or I think it will fry my brain or I don't know. And sometimes I don't even have a full answer for why or why not I do things. I think it was more of, I already saw so many examples of it being done and how it didn't look fun and it looked like it messed people up. And one example, what looked like it messed people up. Okay. For one example, um, I don't want to go too extreme, but people not having boundaries, people don't know your story. I think within a relationship, I think when you are boundaryless, it's easy to, or it's harder, it's harder to separate. It's harder to let go. So when it comes to, you know, I'm getting to know TJ and I pour out my guts to him and I open up everything and I'm like, I entrust you with all of these valuable things. Like I'm giving you like this gold necklace example, giving you this and he takes it and he doesn't take care of it. And it gets destroyed and you know just something that is precious to me I give to him and he just chooses to not see it the same way I do then I'm the one that ends up hurt you know it wasn't even his fault it was my fault it was my my ability to not see that I'm valuable enough to put boundaries around myself valuable enough to tell him no you know is that it makes sense. A practical... Yeah, and I mean, example, prime example, physical boundaries are one. You set physical boundaries while we were dating I wasn't used to. That was really healthy for me. It was hard for me. It was hard for you. But God, literally, I had these physical encounters with God um, where I went through what is now in hindsight, it was like, and he was telling me at the time, now I, you know, I have the whole picture, but these physical encounters where he was literally purifying me. I didn't even know what this mm-hmm. meant from all of the impurities that I had opened myself up to over the years because of my lack of boundaries and how much hurt I had done and unforgiveness I had towards myself for the hurt I'd done to other people, other women. And so he had to, he had to really take my heart and make that whole. And it, 
even after going through that process where I had that physical encounter with him and then I had that inner healing encounter, I had all these different encounters with him, I still had a hard time seeing the boundaries for what they were, but I knew that they were there for a reason. Mm -hmm. The physical boundaries, for example, when we were dating, I knew you were trying to protect what was good for good reason. I knew that there was there was something greater there. And then God, it clicked with me when he said, it's not about you, and not even you. He was talking to me. He was like, mm-hmm. it's not about you. It's actually about your inheritance and your children and their inheritance. And something clicked with me when I started to realize and, and see, wait, this whole boundary thing mm-hmm. is actually not about me so much as it is what he wants to do through my family. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I know I'm motivated externally. So I, I remember, and we talked, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like this is actually a new paradigm shift for me that, mm-hmm. that if my wife is able to look at our kids and say, yeah, when, you're, when your dad and I were, were dating, it was hard for us, but, you know, we, we didn't have sex before marriage, and, and your dad had, and, and, but, it, but so there he had, to, he had to go through a process, and I had to hold my boundaries. And if, you know, I knew that there was something in that, to me, that was the practical, but then now I've learned there's the generational type of things that be, can be passed down. Mm-hmm. And... I've learned also what God can do when we don't have boundaries Mm -hmm. and then he takes us through that process of healing and becoming whole. So even if you have been, and like me in my case, without boundaries in your past, in your relationship, I'm talking physically, there's so many other examples of this. Savannah gave the one of the emotional, right? I'm giving you my emotional, you know, my heart, my vulnerability, intimacy, and, and, you know, what are you going to do with that? But if you haven't had boundaries in your life, you know, God can take care of that. There's nothing he can't take care of. I, I mean that wholeheartedly. Like, I've seen it enough mm-hmm. in my own life, through evidence in my own life, our relationship, that I'm just like, wow, you know, it's, it is incredible. But there, you have to have a heart to change, though. You have to have a heart to change. And I think people, if you don't want to change where you find your worth, if you just want to keep going around and trying to find it through somebody else's, affection towards you through somebody else's um, validation of you because of what salary they pay you through and by the way there's nothing wrong with affirmation Mm -hmm. but where you find your ultimate worth is that in your relationship with a God who has endless affirmation for you or is that in your relationship with money or your relationship with your significant other or your relationship with you know being with others uh out of a relationship, but just being with them physically. I mean, there's so many examples of this. And I, and I think I never had this explained to me. Mm-hmm. I never had it explained to me. Man, you grew up with that conversation, but maybe it was the other extreme. Mm-hmm. It's something that I think everybody needs to know. And, and maybe just even on that note, you know, I think it would be helpful to even just talk about the difference in our perspectives around two whole people and not having to marry somebody because they're what makes you happy, Mm -hmm. but because you want to be with them 
and because you're whole and content without them, but you still choose them Mm -hmm. and vice versa. And the thing that stuck out to me in, in one of our other conversations we've had about it was I was saying, hey, you know, if you come from my context where relationships were kind of like, hey, there's no boundaries, go for it, you'll figure it out, love is love, whatever, you know, you're going to run into having to do some rewinding. One of the biggest problems I think people from, from my mindset face is they're trying to optimize for everything, including relationships they don't want to settle. And your response to that was what? If you were optimizing, what did you say you were like? Instead of looking to optimize for the perfect person, focus on... Oh, I said, like, you don't... Like, when you come to realize that you will never be perfect, then you'll stop looking for the perfect person. Yeah, I think it's just... It's a matter of a mind... um, Like, a mindset shift. You know, that you need to change the way that you might think about yourself before you even start to go and search for somebody out there. And to say, even to say that, like, sometimes you do both at the same time. <laughs> not, not to say, like, oh, you need to try to, you know, because then you're still trying to be perfectionist if you're doing that way. <laughs> you know, and it's, I think it's okay for it to be a little messy in the process sometimes. Because that's, that's how it works. <laughs> it's not a perfect, perfect process out there. Yeah, and, I mean, just affirming that, it was like, if I had placed one of the big things for me, it was like I was I placed a lot of expectation on people I was dating. And I did that to you, too, until my heart started to change and I started to actually yeah. release expectations that were placed on me and started having more grace myself. Mm-hmm. I actually was able to see how I could have more grace with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening and you're that person... <laughs> who is really hard on other people, you might want to just have that, hey, look in the mirror, am I actually really hard on myself? And the answer is probably yes. <laughs> and when I started to learn, here's the key, when I started to learn how much grace God has given me, that's when I had the realization of, oh my gosh, I actually can be so much more graceful. Accepting is a word of somebody else and their process and their journey and their differences, i.e. Savannah and I came from two different backgrounds. I went to college, did the whole get the grades, get the job, make some money, go do corporate whatever. She did the travel the world, did homeschool. I mean, I couldn't think of a more opposite example (laughs) (laughs) growing up in like a Christian context worldview where I was science and math private school for 12 years. I mean, it was just so different there had to be a meeting in the middle and honestly you met me in the middle but I had to overcome a lot of my preconceived notions and judgments and assumptions which in order to do that I had to realize the grace God had given me which allowed me to stop projecting this idea that you needed to be perfect Mm -hmm. for us to work out (laughs) Right. And, mm-hmm. and it was like I started realizing when I started realizing that that's really that's what was a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. Why do we want to do this again? <laughs> I 
why not? <laughs> it's more just, I think, I think people crave honesty when it comes to relationships and the process of relationships and people just want to know. <laughs> people just want to know and they're just curious. I think people want to be reassured that it's not perfect. Yeah, I mean, you guys can't see it, but Savannah just palmed my face because I was telling her to get closer to the mic so that she can talk a little bit louder. You guys can hear her. But yeah, it's not perfect. And we just, honestly, we're not trying to expose our dirty laundry or, or even just give you unhealthy vulnerability. We don't, that's not our goal, honestly. we try, My goal is to try and be the most private, uh, public person I can be public meaning just sharing you know I just want to share um, because my testimony our testimony and and mine I'm not speaking for Savannah but our testimony my my testimony is meant to be shared because there is so much hope Mm -hmm. in all that has been broken and rebuilt yeah and so I think if you guys just if nothing else if you just get hope from listening for your relationships in your life that is a huge win for us. Yeah. That's a huge win. Huge win for you, hopefully, but it's a huge win for us. It means that, you know, what God's done in our life and what we've said yes to, we take responsibility for our actions and what we choose to do. But, you know, in a big way, we've, we've opened our hand to what God can do because there's been things he's done that I didn't even know were possible mm-hmm. to restore my worth, where I find my worth, my, my own expectations, standards, um, and even how I think about myself physically, women, um, all kinds of things. So I just, I'm hoping that people can get right with themselves, right with God. Um, and that honestly, I hope you just get a ton of wisdom from my wife because she doesn't, she doesn't share this stuff with everybody all the time, but I hear these dimes all the time and I'm like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> that's a mic drop. So you're going to hear some of those. And, and um, yeah, if you guys have anything else that you'd like to hear from us, questions, um, obviously, you know where to find us. TJ Loeffler, my wife is on my IG feed. Um, but uh, thank you guys for listening. <laughs>